Here we discuss introspection, being, development, and all the good stuff. I've discussed this before, but I think that it's worthy of a second discussion. And I'll explain why. As we elaborate, I'll explain why I think it's it's pertinent to have this enter our skulls and not leave. And through my own failure in this regard, I can attest to its fragmentation that slowly degrades and it, it catches everything and it it takes over everything and it's troubling to have something that has such influence yet it's so subtle and in a way uninteresting to deal with. So let's dig right in. I don't know what to call it, but we can call it this attachment to local culture or uh, a framework which you can always revisit and go back to. Now, let's elaborate what that means. We go through our lives, we go through our day, our week, our month. We go through transitions, you know, from teenager to an adulthood, adulthood to wiser adult and then from that to, to an elder there's transitions and within these paradigms within these scenarios we don't have access to all things at once for example the teenager doesn't understand the necessary rugged adult lifestyle that's necessary to keep society functioning. Yet, if you explain it to them, they still won't understand. They won't understand not because they're lacking the knowledge of it, but they don't understand because it's not true to them in their souls. What's true to them is to, is to be a spirit, to fight status quo, to create independence, create a revolution in their own hearts. So there's, there's this array of options that a teenager can choose from, from extreme to most um, delicate, to a creative, but there's a certain paradigm where they can go and further they cannot go, right? There's just, there's the exceptions, but they're, they're stuck in the, in the, in the boundaries of uh, teenager lifestyles in a certain extent. Now there's different categories and if you want to break it down and narrow the search but they have to deal with what they got. Now even a teenager their day right their Monday of this week you know the, the specific day the hour 9 a.m. on a Monday, you know, maybe even the minute. If you narrow in the search, you'll find the teenager to be 
um, having only access to 20 things. For example, they have a choice to get dressed or not get dressed, right? It's the morning. They don't really have the option of like not dealing with that choice. It's just a choice whether they like it or not. And, you know, they whether to shower or not to shower, whether to lock the door or not lock the door, to be, you know, high spirit or allow low spirit to take charge. But they don't have unlimited options. Now, you could look in a long-term perspective. That's why I wanted to narrow it into Monday at 9 a.m., a long-term perspective, yeah, there's much more choice because they have so much more time to allow options to come and go and, you know, their their hearts to connect to things as those things are available. You can't develop a relationship if you're not in a relationship, right? If you're, if you're only in a certain... Uh, state you can't access that other state and deal with that state right the the single person cannot enter the work that's necessary of a married person they can envision it they can develop they can prepare for it but they can't do the the nitty-gritty work and it won't be demanded on their soul this is an important thing we can't just decide i'm going to work on my marriage even though i'm not married because the soul's not demanding it. We don't have the energy. Like at some point you could do it for an hour, you could study it, but at some point you're gonna be called to give an answer. Why am I delving into this? I have this whole life that has nothing to do with this. And then I have this thing that I'm pursuing that won't deal with the situation at hand of a single person. So there, there's a limited extent of, of, of areas to enter and to develop for example so the working person especially the employee right where they're they're bound to um, demands of their employers and they work in this in a certain system that doesn't give them many options that let's say somebody who is not working has they can choose to be diligent today they could choose to take care of the emails instead of taking care of the projects. They could choose to relax more today. They can choose to, you know, eat, take a longer lunch break or to socialize. There's there's a lot of options, but it's limited in, in the confines of what their what their life is calling for of them at the moment. So why am I telling you all this? It's kind of sad, right? It's like there's this life that gets narrow and we're really in a narrow framework because this is where there's opportunity to get out of it, right? Let's take the last example, right? You're sitting at your desk, the phone rings, the email dings, right? Someone call, Someone is demanding a project to be done. There's a deadline. That's the 9 a.m. of the Monday in your life, right? But there is opportunity to access an abstract state, a framework that is not that, right? 
You can look at the phone as it rings. You can look at the phone and say, isn't it interesting that it's black? Why are all phones black, especially office phones? What does black represent? Or you can look at the cord and say, well, everything is at the level of Bluetooth. Why is the work phone still corded? Then you could understand, well, maybe they want you connected to the phone. They want you connected to the desk or it's not they, but it's the system. It's then you could um, you could even go further than that. You could discuss why is black a more relevant color to a work phone than, let's say, pink? Why shouldn't the phone be pink? Why is the standard phone not pink? And you could explore that and it could go far away from your state of the office of the standard office state. I'll give you another example. Um, you can uh, you can see uh, a pile of emails, as we call it, like a, just things to take care of. Now you could ask yourself, why are we using this um, service of email and not another service? You could ask, why is email better for work productivity, and you could ask, um, you could ask, what are the minuses and pluses of it, and how does communication degrade, or how much, how does communication become better? You can you can elaborate, and you could go to a certain limit of extent, right? You're not going to decide to think about the color pink as something to explore in your mind as you're working, because it's not really relevant to the movements of your hands and the movement of your eyes and the feeling in your heart and, and what you're sitting in and the arena that you're playing. It's just so distant. You're not just going to start thinking about the color pink. Now, if it's relevant to something in your life recently or currently, then it will, it will connect more. This is where, this is like the introduction. Now let's get to the, the meat. The framework. Having a framework, let's say this person is, let's call a standard framework is religious. Religious and Christianity, religious and um, Muslim, a religious Muslim person and, or a religious Jew or any sort of, framework that they're bound to, right? So now they're in the office and they're sitting there looking at their phone, their computer, and they have this framework that they're kind of also bound to. And then someone calls and, and demands that the order be, like demands why is the order not ready? And you have an opportunity to like, just shove them off with a, a quick lie. But you don't because you're bound to another framework that has nothing to do with the framework of the office. In fact, the framework of the office might offer you to, to just lie to take care of the, the reputation of the company. But you're bound to this other framework. So then you're, you're, you're going to balance them. And you're going to separate from your office experience for a moment to get into that religious framework. Now, why does this not work? Let's, let's take the example of lying. Why does this not work without a religious framework? It's, it's very simple because you don't have something that you're bound to at every moment if you just find it to be a moral superiority not to lie. 
it just won't it won't be something that contricts you and narrows you at a moment's call. It might not even be remembered because we can't remember everything at every moment. So we need this kind of like narrow system to grab onto that will speak for us onto us. But just to find it to be a moral goodness, to not to lie and have that framed in every other frame that you deal with in your life. For example, the office demanding the order to be done and you can push that off with a quick lie there's no reason that that simple, you know, salute to not lie is going to be sufficient to fight that off. Not because you don't understand the depth of not lying, but because you can't you can't bound your you, you cannot bound yourself to these things that are not bounded to a certain other confine. I'll explain that. Since religion is, is a space, you could call it religion, and it covers many things. You could, it's kind of like a structure, a building, and inside of it is religion, and you walk with that building as you go along. But if you find that just lying is a problem because of your moral judgment, it's not confined in a building. It's, there's nothing that's um, putting boundaries around lying. In fact, if you sit down and discuss it, like, well, you don't want to lie, but ever? Do you never want to lie? Especially if someone's going to get hurt from the stark truth. Do you, right? You, you don't have the, the availability to just go through all the scenarios of life in, in, in congruence with the idea of not lying. It's just not available to you. So therefore, you throw it into the building of religion. You could bound yourself to the religion as a whole. I'm bound to that building. And that building could frame, could cover all the frames of life. There is another thing. You can develop the idea of not lying so deep in your heart. You understand it. You understand what it means, what, what truth is. You've, you've had the dialogue with yourself and others regarding the idea of not lying and therefore it'll just be true to you similarly to the idea of saying please and thank you it's just true it just makes total sense granted the idea of please and thank you are not good because they are in a religion they're in a religion of some sort of western um, structure so there is something to that but there are some things that are outside these structures outside these borders of assumed good based on, you know, your allegiance to the West, your allegiance to that flag. You you have allegiance to the flag, and therefore you assume that everybody has a right to be equal. Not that you understand fundamentally what it means, each person's value, and what it means to be equal, and all that discourse that's rampant in this day, but you do understand that you're a, you're you're, you're just accepting the West. You've accepted not because you understand every tentacle. In fact, the reason you accept the West is probably because you can't elaborate on every tentacle at every moment and every scenario. And the same thing, we go to religion. We need religion in order to cover 
for our lack of understanding of everything. And I'm, I'm going to argue that there's never a point where you can't, you don't need religion. And let's, 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 let's discuss that now, actually. So let's say we have someone that's morally developed and a, he, a person studies a philosophy and studies the, the nature of a human being and all the things that give them a development in moral judgment, right? And then they have, let's say, a list of 10, 20 things that are morally just, that make sense, right? And maybe they, they've played it out in scenarios and it could be entering parts of their life. Here's the problem. You can't remember 20 things in every scenario of your life. You can't bring them up all the time. You're, you're in the height of a, a disagreement. You cannot bring up these 20 things that you fully understand in that moment. It's just your mind is, is, is that weak. And you're just, you don't have that, that frame to be able to access all that. But what you could do is you could say, I pledge my allegiance to this religion. And this religion holds these 20 things valuable. So you could remember one thing that I pledge my allegiance to religion. In fact, you're not even remembering it. You're associating. You're becoming an identity with your, you're building your identity based on the religion. Now there's downsides to that, meaning you're losing your individuality, but the gain is that you have this array of, of things that you find to be valuable that could always be framed in every situation. Because let's say for me, I'm a Jew, like in that phone, I'm a Jew, so I'm not going to lie, right? It's not I'm not going to lie because I understand the depth of lying and and I should develop that, but I don't. And even if I do develop it, I can't keep it with me at all times in all scenarios because my mind is running regarding the office, regarding the order. That's where my mind is. It's not in the understanding not to lie, but because I've identified, again, important, it's an identity I have identified as a Jew, I could access all the things that, the idea of being a Jew is relevant to this scenario because it's me, right? Just as just just as if I know that I put my phone to my ear and not to another limb or not to another sense, because that that this is true to me, right? It's true that I hear through my ears. It's it's I don't even have to talk about it. It's so true. It's just that's where it goes. That's where information could be accessed with voice, right? It could be. It could be it could be entering my mind through through my ears. I understand that. So I've identified with the religion. So it's me it's like a it's like a knapsack. So that phone conversation has to go through me and the knapsack it has to be good for me and good for whatever I've identified with. So identity is a powerful thing. And you want to be the identity of the things that you want protection and development from. But it sounds like I'm talking to the mediocre, in my mind at least, to, this, to the average person. I want to place an argument in, in the most intellectual, most developed people. Because I just think that there's so much limitation in the mind, in the heart, at every moment that just understanding things well will not be enough to go through life 
living by the values that you understand well. And I might even argue that those values will fall away. So let's take the example of wine, right? You build a, a, a real argument in your heart about the negativity of lying and the positivity of telling the truth. And that's true to you on Monday, 9 a.m. Now, the next Monday, 9 a.m., you, you had less discourse in that week regarding this. So that next Monday, 9 a.m., you understood the depth of lying. You understood how important it is not to lie, and you've... You've, had, you've stoned it in your heart, but then the week went by and you tended to millions of things in your mind. So you didn't develop further that idea of not lying. So 9 a.m. the next Monday, you don't have as much of a developed sense towards not lying. Well, why doesn't it stay stagnant? I'll tell you why, because the mind doesn't keep things at bay and then, oh, I'll tend to something else. We need full access of the mind at all times. So as something is not dealt with, it automatically degrades. And that's okay. We need, we need to focus on the now. We can't always focus on the past. So 9 a.m. the next Monday, it's not as strong of an argument. Even though you, you wrote a thesis your thesis on lying the week before, it's not as strong Monday, 9 a.m. the next week, unless you've spent your week in dialogue regarding lying. But at some point, there's going to be a Monday, 9 a.m. where you're not going to spend that week in discussion about lying or not to lie, the value of not lying. So it starts to degrade. And anybody who doesn't understand that needs to kind of... Be honest with the experience of our, our development because we're always degrading in certain areas while developing in other areas. Okay, so now let's talk about Monday 9 a.m. four months later. It, there's a deep hit. There's a deep degradation of the sense in your heart about not lying, not because you don't understand the arguments that you first made, just that it's, it's, it's not relevant in your mind. It hasn't come up. Okay, now you're in the office, 9 a.m. Monday, four months later. And then they're pressuring you about an order. And you know that it will hurt the company if you just tell them that you messed up, they messed up. It's not, it's not ready. You have an opportunity to lie. Create something good. Calm them down. Protect the company. Because it's not there right now, because it's Monday, four months later, and it's not an identity of yours. There's nothing that will give you the frame to protect you or to allow you to follow the value of not lying. The only thing that could protect you in such a scenario is if you identify it as a person who doesn't lie because of such and such. I don't lie as an identity. Why would you identify as a person who doesn't lie? And also, there's so many opportunities to, or possibilities where lying is a good thing. So you can't just say, I don't lie, because you need to work with reality. You can't just say, I don't lie, and then uh, just allow people to be devastated in front of you. We understand that. So the identity, I don't lie, doesn't work either. So you can have an identity, I try not to lie in certain scenarios. It's, it's a very far-fetched, it's 
it's far-reaching identity that you can't call your own. But you could say, I'm this religion. Okay, that's who I am. I'm a part of that. I pledge allegiance to that. I sacrifice to that. It hurts me because it costs my individuality to, to be bound to that religion. But I bound myself anyway, right? Now I'm bound to that framework or culture, right? Like bound, let's say the West has, has a, a belief that lying is terrible. I bound myself to the Western philosophy. I bound myself to the West. I don't understand lying per se. But because that's who I am, I answer the phone not just as me as a, as a single individual, but I answer the phone as a Westerner. I answer the phone as a Jew, as a Christian, as a Muslim. Right? I'm answering the phone with parts of me that have to be tended to as I deal with this mundane thing in the office, this thing that's far removed from all these complex and developed ideas. So since it's become an identity, you are protected. And I've, I've tried to demonstrate that even the most intellectual, most, you know, understanding people, people that have it in their hearts to understand the rights and wrongs will always degrade in their understanding as time goes along. And you can't just spend your whole life, you know, developing every week the idea of not lying. You can't. You just, you need to focus on other things. Your soul demands things. You just, you don't have the availability to just focus. And if you do focus on one thing, you have not lying, but then, you know, other moral degradations like not stealing and so on, that's not developed. And you can't have three and you can't have four because you just can't do it and you can't tend to it all the time. So you have this framework that you identify with you might not understand what you identify with, and that will give you that frame that you could always access. So you're trying to develop not to steal, and you try to understand what it means, individual rights, property, and so on, and you have a great understanding. Now you have a religion that you identify with that also has the value of not stealing as a moral good and a wrong to disobey such such a such a command so to speak now you're bound to that because it's your identity because you've chosen to and now you're bound to it but you also understand it without the religion what the the, the importance of not stealing because you've thought about it, you've experienced it, you've met people, it's, it's developed in your heart. But as I said, that development will degrade over time, you, and you can't always continuously develop it. So now it's in the back burner. At, one, at, one, at some point, it's, at one, at, sorry, at one place, it is, it is developed as an understanding of your own soul, degrading, but there, and always, it could always be reaccessed with the same fervor or similar fervor. And you also have the framework that you've bound to that also professes that this is a bad thing to do and it's your identity. You're the Christian. It's your identity not to steal. 
sorry, it's not your identity not to steal. It's your identity that you're a Christian, and therefore part of the Christian faith says not to steal. Okay, so now you have you have a double-edged sword. Think about it. If you want to develop not to steal, you can always go back to it and develop it and understand it better because it's kind of gray in the religion area because it's just there. It's not fully understood necessarily. And that degradation, the fact that you're going to forget it, will always be remembered in the identity that you are the faith that professes not to steal. And you could always, in a way, develop, let's say you want to develop, let's say you want to uh, develop your moral judgments on things. You could always go back to your religion and find those things that you want to develop. It's there. It's always there. And it will always surface your heart. And I'll, let's go a step further. Let's say you've developed for a couple of years. You don't have an identity of a religion or a structure of culture that, that says not to steal. And I wouldn't say the West, if you connect to the West, that's not great because it's not, not as strong as equal rights and other things that the West professes as, as its religion. There's certain things that are just part of law, but not part of its ethos. It's not part of its statement, mission statement. So you don't have those things, but you do have that development of not stealing, and it's, it's true to your heart. But then a year goes by, two years, 10 years, 25 years go by. And it's so old, so stale, that what begins to happen is counter-arguments start to be built, and there are no counter-arguments that are placed to protect the idea of not stealing. So you're walking down the street, and you, you know, you see that, uh, especially if you're improvish, this is important because anybody who is improvish will automatically have counter arguments in order to steal. They will say, well, well, I need it. You know, it's, they're just taking from society. They're just take, they're taking my, my food, you know, they'll start building these, these, these terrible arguments to steal. And if they're not continuously developing the idea not to steal, eventually what will happen is they will have a new philosophy to steal to a certain extent. And that old philosophy of not stealing is falling apart. And this will happen in certain scenarios. The person will completely make a 180 and change their, their view based on the, the dialogue in their own minds throughout those years. Now, if they had an identity of a religion or a structure s similar, then as they degrade and as they start to believe counter arguments to steal, they have this, this check and balances where the religion starts glowing, you know, ringing red, red bells saying, you know, well, you're not, you're not following the identity that you profess to connect to. And it will check you in place. And it will demand of you to, to develop it. Because it's a framework that you've identified by. Now, there are times where the counter arguments are so strong that you're willing to give up the entire identity of the religion. 
you find this a lot with, you know, the modernity era where it's not the fact that they want to get rid of religion, but they have such strong counter arguments and certain moral things that they want or that they don't want to follow that they just throw out the whole religion because it will enable them to continue degrading you know, in the area where the religion professes not to degrade. So they just throw out the whole thing. But that that is why the religion's there. It's there to say, well, wake up. Like, you're you're failing. You're failing at, at your identity. Now, they have to throw away the religion because if they bound themselves to the religion as their identity, then they will feel a guilt every time they do it. And they don't want to feel guilt. The guilt is that they have identified by something that they're not following. So they need to throw away the religion before they continue doing what they're doing. But the paradox here is that why are you feeling the guilt? Have the conversation. Work with the religion and say, well, let's see what the religion understands. Let's see what I understand. Have that dialogue. And if you fully understand that, let's say the religion is wrong and you're actually in the right, you could work still with the religion and just say, okay, this... This thing is wrong for whatever reason that I don't understand. But that conversation usually never happens if, because there's a deeper understanding. And that's why there's that still anybody who's who's thrown away a religion still has that, that, that shadow of guilt. It's not from the religion, but it's from their own heart because they kind of believe some of it. Well, they should because it's not all terrible. And they kind of feel like they haven't had the proper discourse in their heart regarding that. And instead, they just threw out the whole thing. So that shadow of guilt is not because there's this trauma or association. It can be. But remember that association is there for a reason. It's there to remind you of things that you care about. Now, why do you care about it? You've, you've professed not to care about it. So if you care about it, you should have a discussion about it instead of throwing everything out. So it's a dis discourse within your own heart that's being avoided, that's causing the shadow of guilt. And you could subdue it and push it down, but there's always that like uh, halo that comes along with the territory of somebody who dis dis disregards an entire identity that was who they are for a long period, especially if they bound themselves consciously to it over the years. Because the religion wasn't abstract and external. It was them. It was their identity. It was their arm. So they threw away their arm because they said it was bad. But there's always that guilt, like, why, why would I throw away my own limb? And did I have that discussion with the parts of my limb that maybe a right that I have that where I've, I've spent countless hours, days of study to try to make it work and try to understand it. And every scenario before I've cast away my arm, like there's, there's that real, that's, that's the danger of identity because once you have it, getting rid of it is, is difficult because you need to discuss every component in a deep manner. And most people are not willing to do it because their motivation to get rid of it is not necessarily for the entire thing, but for the, the things that they want to explore that the religion sets boundaries for. But I, I went a little tangent regarding religion, but 
the core of this discussion is that you need a framework to bound yourself to for if not, if there's no framework to bound yourself to, then you automatically degrade in all your moral understandings. You need an identity other than yourself of moral good, an identity, and religion provides that, or a strong Western view, but the Western is very isolated. Its mission statements are small, and they don't cover all the moral ground that, that brings good. And we see that because those mission statements are still standing, yet the West is degrading. So we see that it doesn't work. It's not enough. It's too small. It's too shallow. And it's, it's being construed. And this is important because you can't construe religion. You can't fix it according to your degradation. But then you're, what you're doing is you are deceiving everybody. You're deceiving yourself because why do I have it if it's not there to be that external source which I could access, that I could, I could check myself towards, meaning it's there and it's that mirror that's away from me. It's not me, it's a mirror. Why would I change the mirror to, to look the way I want to look? That's not going to help my appearance. If I want to develop my appearance, I need, I need a proper mirror that, that reflects what society sees of, of my appearance. So trying to construe that mirror is just, it's foolish. It's, it's completely unnecessary. It's completely destructive to what the purpose of religion is. But secondly, you're destroying it for everyone else because now you're changing the mirror and everyone else sees the mirror and it becomes this terrible spiral. Now you could have those questions, but they should never be that, okay, let's restructure it. Also, if you attempt to restructure it, someone else, right? It's not this external thing anymore. It's how we feel about it. And then, okay, you want to do how you feel that do how you feel, but to have that external thing answer the way you want it to answer based on how you're going to construe it is just this recipe for disaster. It's even worse than if you would throw away the religion in the first place because you have two places where you could go to if you want to degrade. You could degrade as yourself and you could use the religion to degrade further. You could you could reflect onto the religion, I want to murder, so therefore I will take the religion and say, it really says to murder, and then I will murder. I will use it to my advantage. So that's just terrible. And that's not the purpose of religion. Religion is, it needs to be separate. But let's, let's move away from religion a second, and really what I'm discussing is um, knowledge and intuition that's really what i'm discussing knowledge or not wisdom rationality rationality and and intuition so those who argue that intuition could answer everything right i could just sense the wrong must understand that you need a, a separate time where you you're just being rational about the right and wrong and it's not connected to your heart, but it will be there and available for you to access when you want to be intuitive about the situation. But if you're just going to go with 
through life with intuition, it needs something to extract its information. What is intuition, right? Intuition is really a, a developed mirror of something else, right? It's a developed light of something else. It's a sense. But where does that sense come from? It comes from a, another place from you, right? So it's a reflection of, of your, your, your feeling in the current now, but it's a reflection. Now, what is it reflecting off? So if there's nothing developing in the rationality and the knowledge, then it won't have anything to reflect and it will just reflect whatever is popping through the mind. And the mind will just start kind of answering, right? You reflect one thing and you get a sense that there is, um, there's a malicious intent in your friends, right? You have a sense of that. Now, your, your mind, your rationality will start to work with the intuition to say, oh yeah, well, let's, let's find reasons why uh, for, that, for that correct assumption. So it's almost like there's a reflection and the, the only part that might be the redemption, the mind, the rationality, is being used to rationalize how that was sensed. So it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword towards yourself, really, because it's, it will cut either way. The intuition will degrade and the, and the rationality will degrade. Um, but that being said, the, the knowledge, the wisdom is really the, the religion, the structure, the identity that you're taking on. Now, it's not beautiful. It's not pretty. It's not meant to be pretty because it's, it's supposed to hover over you. Almost like you need these clouds above you, right above your head, where you could, in, in arm's reach, and you could just grab what you need when. And because it's singled into a religion or to a cultural structure, you could just grab it. It's right there. It's right available. Um, and so is knowledge, right? You need intuition. You need to have intuition that this is a good project. But you also need knowledge and wisdom to understand, you know, what, what does it mean to have to be a good project? And the nitty gritty of, of what the details of a project are and so on. So to conclude my argument is that you need to respect the frameworks that give you an identity, whatever religion they are. And the surprising thing is, this might be a little bit uh, different, but it's not really the religion. It's not really the religion because the, the beliefs about God and who God is and who man is and those beliefs are not as relevant in what I'm discussing. Meaning most religions offer these structures. They offer the not kill, not the, the cardinal sins. They offer that. So there might be argument about the more detailed this uh, sins, the more detailed rights and wrongs. But most religions offer something like that. So it's not the religion. It's, it's really you identifying with the religion. Now, not too much that, that it's all you are because you don't want, you, you don't want it to take over all your space. Um, and 
and the discussions, let's say, about God and who God is and, and so on and so forth of each religion, very specific, who the prophets are and who the God is and so on. They're important, but on the ground, moral, moral good, that's not where moral good comes from. Moral good comes from the, the understanding of thou shall not steal, understanding in your heart, and the allegiance to, to an identity of not to steal. And having those two to balance each other. Now, you want to understand God and those things, so then you need to pick your religions and so on. But not in the not in the nine a.m. on Monday. I don't think that's not where that's not where it is. Um, and just some food for thought. Thanks for listening. And if you would like to see the video version of this, check out my channel on YouTube.